Jamie Nye with you here on the Green Zone. I'm just going to, we're calling it the halftime show right now here on the Green Zone because it is halftime with the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 21 to 7. The Steelers did score a touchdown after blocking the field goal. And our go to to talk all things football from the CFL to the NCAA and the National Football League and maybe a little uh, U10 football from Moose Jaw this weekend is Belton Johnson. Belton. I'd ask how you, you're doing today, but Scott warned me how you're doing today, so I'll just should I just skip over that. <laughs> yeah, skip over it, Jay, because that wind and that cold has me in some serious pain, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. This weekend, Kansas City, minus thirty five degree wind chill, and that's Celsius. Um does that bring back terrible, terrible memories as a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Absolutely, Jamie. Whenever you know I'm, I'm looking at the players as they're breathing and everything, you know, you're seeing the exhaust come out, and it's like, oh man, I'm just shaking my hands and my fingers sitting there on the, in a nice warm couch, or you know, in a nice warm house on the couch, and oh man, it. Whew. <laughs> I feel for those guys, man. And then when I saw Patrick Mahomes' helmet shatter, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you've never cool, seen man. that before, have you? I've never I've seen never, that. Never seen that, but that tells me how cold it is, Jamie. As Kansas City beats the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so let, let's just start with that one. Did Miami's brains freeze, too, uh, down there? Because they look like they were checked out. When I see them, they're down, what, three scores, and they're letting the clock run down to one on the play clock. I'm like, is there's no urgency. I was like, have they given up? There's still like 10 minutes left. I would say they had given up, Jimmy. It was time to get out of there. They licked their wounds and get on back down to South Beach there and everything, right? Because, uh, you know, we talked about that game. We talked about the weather, how, you know, Miami doesn't uh, – farewell and and cooler temperatures and everything and I think we that I think that would have been the best that we've seen the Dolphins play in that uh stadium and then that what in those weather conditions okay let's uh, keep it in the AFC the Houston Texans CJ Stroud the rookie continues to impress I I was surprised. I thought Cleveland would make a game of it, if not win the thing. How impressed are you with C.J. Stroud in his first playoffs? I, I picked the Texans, and it was because of that young man, C.J. Stroud. Like, I've, I've watched a few games of him this year, right, and just the poise and how calm he is in the pocket and the way he manipulates the pocket, he moves around. He doesn't run or anything. He runs when he has to, right? But And his arm, have you seen this man arm, the way he could throw off the back foot, Jamie? I seen him last week just drifting, 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 and throws a strike down the field. I'm like, wow, that that man has some arm strength. He's got a little bit of – he's got talent there and everything. And keep in mind, they're without uh, who Tank Dale, who was one of their leading receivers, I believe, and they're, they're finding ways to win over there. Yep. Uh, Danny Barrett, by the way, the assistant head coach and ro- running backs coach uh, with the Houston Texans mm-hmm. into the final eight. Okay. Belton Johnson. How about them Cowboys? 
What was that from the Dallas Cowboys against the Green Bay Packers? Uh, have you found Britain yet? Oh, yeah. Br- Britain was on earlier. He had a little bit of a rant on what happened with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to tell you, that was a soul-crushing loss, man. <laughs> that was, you know, it looked to me it looked like the Cowboys were a team that they were unprepared. That's what it looked like to me. Because when I'm watching Jordan Love, who's technically, well, he's not a rookie, but this is his first year playing, right? And I'm watching him complete these passes, not not three yards, not five yards. I'm looking at 20-yard passes sometimes, Jamie. You know, and there was there were holes in that Cowboys defense. Right? I, I'm like, nobody readjusted or anything, man. So kudos to the Packers for going down to Dallas and kicking their butts because I picked the Cowboys win. They were 8-0 and at home. They looked great at home until yesterday, Jamie. Should Mike McCarthy keep his job? No. He's Jamie. What, he's, uh, what, three? This is his fourth year, I believe, under a five-year contract, if I remember correctly. And he's what gone twelve and three, three straight years or something, or twelve and whatever. Twelve and five, yep. Three, three straight years, and he's one and three in the freaking playoffs, Jamie. It's time to go. Do you hire Bill Belichick? Everybody wants to hire Bill all of a sudden to to go to the Dallas Cowboys and save Jerry Jones. I I think Bill wants total control. So I don't, Jerry Jones, I can't see him giving up all the control or anything. So I'm going to have to say no to that, even though I think it'd be, I don't know. I can't see that mixing. That'd be like oil and water or something, right? <laughs> well, that would be a definite power struggle. Uh, because, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerry and Steve and his son, they run the football ops. They do their stuff. Now, Bill Belichick has talked well about, especially Steven's work, but maybe, I don't know. I just don't understand it. Like, just find the next one. Find some enthusiasm. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if a coach is coming in, that's a lot of talent on that team, man. You know, it's it's a ton of talent. So I don't think you need to do too much. And other than probably a new head coach and a new defensive coordinator. Okay, there's been, it looks like going to be four out of five blowouts before. uh, But we had one close one. Heck of a game between the Rams and the Lions last night, Belton, as Dan Campbell and company in Detroit continue to impress. And I don't see the winner of this game tonight beating Detroit in Detroit, so I'm I'm pushing them all the way to have to go up against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Well, and I can see why you think that, Jamie. And I wish, I wish that was a game I could have been at. You know why? It's because of the fans in those stands. I I don't know if you saw the pregame, but they were all chanting uh, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. And I'm talking, it was loud and everything, man. And just the energy alone in that building with those fans, I think that propelled the, the, the lines and it could possibly propel them, like you said, to go on to the next round, possibly facing the 49ers. Um, halftime of the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers score late to make it 21-7. Uh, do you think any chance uh, Pittsburgh actually makes a game of this, or is this one over? Are we, are we calling an end to this one? 
Well, I, I I did pick the Bills to win, so I'm hoping that they win so I can stay alive in my pool here, Jay. <laughs> it's uh, and I mean, look who's playing, Allen, right? I mean, what we ran a 52 yard or 51 yard touchdown, right? And as long as they just play within themselves, I still think the Bills, you know, entering the playoffs, they, I think they're one of the hotter teams. And they're battle-tested. They play some tough games uh, in the regular season down the stretch. Belton Johnson with us, our football go-to. Who do you got tonight, Philadelphia or Tampa? I'm going Eagles, Jamie. And the reason I'm going with the Eagles because I think they're the better team at nearly, I'm going to say at all positions across the board, I think. Who has the better quarterback, Jamie? Well, Jalen Hurts over Baker Mayfield all day, but what's up with they? They were ten and one. They went one and five down the stretch. Like that's my concern with Philadelphia is AJ Brown's now not playing. He's deleted Philadelphia Eagles stuff off his social media. Like I was, yeah. there's something rotten all of a sudden in Philly. And and I I agree with you, but I I just think when you get into the playoffs, I think things can. Maybe turn around, Jamie. And I, I think Jalen Hurts, he's the type of quarterback. He'll put the uh, he'll put the team on his back and get it done tonight down in Tampa. Okay, final uh, question. How did everything go in Moose Jaw at the uh, Battle on the Prairies? How those how those California teams uh, work with the weather? Uh, it was not friendly. I, I don't think they enjoyed that at all, Jamie, <laughs> to be honest with you, because it was, it was cold uh, every day over there in Moose Jaw, right? You know, and... Um, as far as my 10U team, uh, we battled and everything. We didn't, the outcome wasn't what we wanted or anything, but I'm going to tell you, the kids, they had fun. Uh, they got to watch some of the older kids play as well. It's a great thing that they got their Sash Selects over in Musto, and, uh, I plan on having my kids in it for the long haul here. Uh, well, Belton, uh, glad everything, uh, went okay out in Moose John. I imagine you wouldn't be going to this game as a fan in Buffalo right now, judging how how much you're enjoying minus forty weather right now. Jamie, my hands are still hurting just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That is our football analyst Belton Johnson here on the Green Zone. It took like ten years to get his feeling back in his fingers after that game between Winnipeg and Hamilton, uh, because you know offensive linemen not supposed to wear sleeves. I don't know why that's a rule, but it's a rule. Uh, more to come, including the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Corey Mace, at 535 on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. What goes must come down. Jamie Knight with you here on the Green Zone on this Monday. Uh, the Steelers trying to make a game of it. They were down 21 to nothing. They scored late in the first half. Now they forced a punt, get the ball back. A score here would be huge to try to make a game of it against the Buffalo Bills. Okay, an update on the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. $1,500 up for grabs. All 32 teams on the ice on Saturday. 16 chances. 16 chances. 16 games on Saturday. Just one starts with a quick goal in the first 20 seconds. And Colton would have won and I say would have $1,500. I don't even think we got a goal in the first minute of a hockey game. So, no winner. 
No $1,500. So that uh, $1,600 up for grabs. This coming weekend in the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. How do you get your name in the hat? Well, it's uh, pretty simple. You just go to cjme.com or ckom.com. Find the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 link. The best place to find it, you just go to the bottom of the webpage, and it's one of the slides that goes by with the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. All you have to do, register once. If you're already in, you're in for the entire season. You can only get your name in once. And... Best of luck. Maybe it'll be you on Friday when Drew Romenda announces who's playing for the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest for $1,600 this coming weekend. Some people have been texting like, you're not going to give out a winner this year. Oh, yeah, we're giving out a winner this year. Somebody will win the jackpot. We give it away at the end of the year. What's ever left in the jackpot goes to somebody. We just pick a name out of the hat and they win. So it could be over $2,000 or $3,000 for that one. Or it might be a couple of hundred bucks, depending if we give the jackpot. The end of the year jackpot will go to just someone who puts their name out of the hat. Just that easy. You You don't need anything to happen other than your name and you win the jackpot. Uh, but wouldn't it be nice to see a goal uh, go in in the first 20 seconds when a your name comes out on Friday? So there's an update on the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. Uh, Corey Mace is coming up. A coaching staff has been finalized in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Jamie Nye with you here on the Green Zone. Pittsburgh had to settle for a field goal. 21-10, the Buffalo Bills lead. Midway through the third quarter of the first of two wild card games on a Monday, Philly against Tampa a little bit later. But right now on the line is the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, Corey Mace. Uh, Corey, what what are you thinking of when you see the snowball going on in Buffalo, a place you hung your hat for a few years in the National Football League? Oh, do you love it or what? I mean, I'm I'm begging we get a game like that. I heard... uh... I heard that they're not even having uh, people sitting in their seats. It's just to fill it in as you like. Snow's flying everywhere. Crowd's going crazy. I love it, man. Uh, what's the coldest game you ever played in or coached uh, in? I, yeah. No, you know, to me, I, the one I remember most was the, um, the the 2010 West Final when the Riders were in Calgary. I I thought it was cold that day, and, and J.O., I believe, was in that game. And he said, ah, it was nothing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I remember that the next day I saw my, my truck just said ice. It didn't even say how cold it was. But it was the minus, minus 30s, minus 40s for sure. No, that was cold. I was covering that game. I was there at McMahon for that game. That was cold because I, I was uh, okay. that was Jarrell Freeman recovering the fumble when I thought it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I, I like that now, but at that time I really wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> uh, Corey Mace, head coach of the Rough Riders, announcing his coaching staff uh, today. Uh, let, let's get into it. A few of the ins and outs of this coaching staff. Uh, first thing I want to ask you about is Josh Bell and J.C. Sherritt, run game, defensive run game, and defensive pass game coordinators. With you as head coach and defensive coordinator, how important will these two guys be on your defensive staff? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, even title or not, those guys are extremely important. Um, But, you know, certainly uh, myself, uh, being the head coach and play caller on the defensive side, you know, I'm going to be having to do a couple other duties. And, you know, these are two guys I've worked with and and or played with. And, you know, I I trust tremendously. And also allowing these guys to have, uh, you know, elevated roles for themselves and a little bit more responsibility on their plate as well. But, um, you know, talking it out, you know, with them, we had a staff uh, staffer today, um, giving out the responsibilities, and these guys, these guys are up for for the challenge. And ultimately, you know, um, guys that end up working with me understand how I like to roll. Anyways, it's it's always a team team atmosphere for me. So I'm extremely excited to have both those guys on board, and certainly I, I'm hoping that the players are. Are, are pleased with uh, the staff that was announced today. How, how important will a little bit of delegation be uh, for you, Corey, to take on both roles in your first year as a head coach? Yeah, that's a great question, Jamie. I think uh, I think it is. Is you just got to pick your spots in the delegating, and um, you know, on the staff, there's a lot of guys that again that I'm, I'm familiar with, so the trust factor is is, is huge there. And you know, even guys um, that I haven't had a chance to work with to this point. Um, I've heard a ton about their character and who they are as, as men and who they are as coaches. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's 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 easy to delegate when you when you do have that trust factor there. So uh, you're right. You know, uh, <clears throat> being able to do that and uh, still can conduct how I want to conduct it as as a head head of football coach. Um, you you got to make sure you got the proper uh, guys in place. And I I really feel strongly about the people that we have. We'll stick with the defense before we move over to the cover the offensive assistance. But Philip Daniels, um, what other than you know you're around Toronto with Devaris, his son, uh, what was it like to, to try to convince a, a former Super Bowl champ and Philadelphia Eagles defensive line coach to uh, be a Rough Rider defensive line coach? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Devaris is definitely uh, a part of the connection there. Um, you know, Devaris is in Calgary. I uh, was there as well, and you know Phil would come visit and just watch his son play. Um, and we, you know, naturally just got to talking ball. And uh, we have another common friend um, named Andre Carter who uh, played with a teammate of Phil's. Um, where would that have been? With Washington. Um, and and you know we we just all continue to talk ball and keep in contact. And anytime Phil would come up and check out the Vars, you know. It, I'd always pick his brain or he would address, you know, the team, um, you know, he addressed the team in Calgary, he addressed the team in Toronto and, you know, I allow him to come, you know, check it out. It's not everybody, not every day that somebody's dad is a 15 year NFL vet, a Super mm-hmm. Bowl champ. So yeah, you know, come sit, <laughs> come sit out and sit in the meetings and stuff. Um, uh, but we've, we've been really close, you know, over the, you know, since the bars has been up in, in Canada and, um, you know, having that conversation with him, you know, I, I was sharing this story that he shared with us on the staffer this morning. You know, a friend of his, or uh, Bob Wiley, you know, and Wiles said, hey, you got a Super Bowl ring, you need to go get a Greg Cup ring. And he was like, you know what, you're right, I do, because he just knows the bars and stuff. Um, he's excited, man, to, to come back uh, uh, up north, and he's familiar with the game, even though he's never coached in it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does with that group up front. It's, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a Georgia Bulldog, you know how they play. Of course, we slide over to the offensive side as we talk to head coach Corey Mace announcing his coaching staff. A few of uh, your former uh, teammates, a former coach with Toronto, of course, Edwin Harrison, offensive line, Mark Way McDaniel as receivers, uh, two guys with deep connections with you. But how important is that to have people you trust on this staff? 
Yeah, I think it, it does. It, it goes a long way specifically, I think, in, you know, our inaugural staff. Um, you know, I, I, it does, it does, I think, help not only myself, but even in a position that Mueller's in and just being, you know, having people that's familiar with the system. Um, that's, that's the main thing. What, what makes it, the transition as seamless as possible so it can take off? So, uh, obviously there's some familiarity there with, uh, with, you know, Quay and, and Ed, um, guys who I, I played with, um, and or coach alongside. Um, and then obviously having Vitaly back certainly helps us with the transition of the guys in house right now. And, uh, multiple minds about how to keep the quarterback upright. Very important. How much, uh, can scheme help an offensive line? And knowing your personnel and and playing to your strengths, so to speak, as offensive line play has been much maligned around these parts over the last two years, especially. Yeah, I think some of it is, you know, uh, the X's and O's and just understanding of of having protection rules, right? So, you know, I, I know certainly in the system that we'll have is, is having that, but also, I mean, it, it comes down to to um, you know the player and techniques. Um, you know, from the offensive line standpoint, uh, specifically, if you look across the league, I think sack numbers have been up, right? So, I mean, it's not just necessarily that oh, line play is necessarily going down, but some of the D linemen are getting better as well. So we just got to make sure that we prepare ourselves, uh, not only from a physical standpoint, being able to match up against the four down or whatever, but being able to do a good job and picking up some of the blitz game that's coming at these guys. You know, there's some good coordinators across the league or defensively that you know, present challenges for the offense. So, um, you know, in the system that uh, obviously Mueller's going to implement, you know, the Calgary had always been one of those teams that wouldn't give up a lot of sacks, and uh, Toronto did a great job with it last year as well. So, you know, we're hoping to uh, have that transition over into Saskatchewan uh, coming up here in 24. Uh, Corey Mace with us here on the Green Zone. Uh, let's get to some other business. How was your uh, first go-around as a head coach of the CFL Winter Meetings in Nashville? Yeah, no, that was a really good experience. You know, it was, uh, it was awesome to see everybody down there from around the league and um, just understanding that, uh, you know, we're all coming together for, for the main purpose of trying to figure out ways to, you know, continue on the way we're going on the trajectory or find, you know, different solutions to, to, to make the game a progressive game as well. But if nothing else, you know, uh, the business aspect is the business aspect, but it's just really good to catch up with, you know, a bunch of old friends. Rules committee. What's going on with kickoffs, Corey? Are we going to see less kickoffs in the CFL? <laughs> you know, I don't know. We didn't vote on nothing. The things were, there's a hundred things that were presented. I can tell you that, Jamie. You know, we haven't voted on anything yet. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that ends up playing out. But you know, obviously, uh, you know, looking at our league, we've I think we've always been progressive in, in trying new things. Um, but I, I'm certainly not going to say that that's one of them. So. Uh, you know, we'll still got more talking to do about that. I'm sure around the combine, I think, is when the rules committee votes start hitting up. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put uh, strategic uh, Corey Mace uh, on the spot. After a touchdown is scored, uh, hope, uh, I know you hope it's uh, less uh, than ever before, but if it happens, touchdown scored against, are you taking the kickoff or are you putting the ball at the 40? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Uh, there's two ways to look at it. I mean, we got, we got Mario out. So that's that's you know that was one guy that we were excited to get back. Um, that could definitely get you some electricity and potentially put up points. But as a defensive coordinator, uh, from a defensive coordinator standpoint, I couldn't believe that we just accepted putting the ball at the forty. I said, "Oh man, they're about two first downs away from some points there." So 
I think it all has to do with how we're working, uh, how we're working on this from the special team standpoint, man, to answer that question, which I don't know quite yet, but knowing Kent, uh, how he's going to cook it up, man, I got confidence. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, was, was there any rookie initiation down there uh, for you? Or is, is that, is that allowed anymore? <laughs> Did no, you have to pick up no. the tab at Tootsie's or what? No, there was no, there was no haze and no haze, man. They took it, they took it easy on me. Thank goodness. So hopefully that continues as well through 24. Take it as easy as you want on us. <laughs> uh, but well, how much do you learn about that side of things? Uh, I don't know how much you've been around as an assistant or been in those scenarios or being at the rules committee around the room, but what's it like to be there in a room with some KG veterans and go, I got some opinions to offer on this as well? Yeah, no, I think the floor is set for, you know, if you have an opinion and a voice it. And, you know, I, I certainly wasn't ignorant to the fact that it was my first time in, in that setting. And, you know, a lot of that was just, uh, you know, listening and, and understanding how the process went. You know, JL did a great job of preparing me for what to understand, uh, what to expect, you know, excuse me. Um, but, you know, certainly if there was something that I had to say, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. That's just what a. <laughs> That's the whole point of all of us being there, you know. So, um, but like I said, at the end of the day, we all understand what this game is, and what I can assure, you know, CFL fans is that from every from every organization, we all love this game, and and that's really important to us. Uh, I'm just curious. A final one for you, Corey. You were on a hot vacation. We we know that with your your family before Christmas a little bit. How many rider logos did you th- see through the airport or even on the beach? <laughs> you know what. So the first four days, my kids actually got really sick. Uh, we didn't leave the place uh, for the first four days. Um, but when we went out, uh, it was crazy. It wasn't even a, uh, a, a, a tourist. It was one of the locals in, uh, in the Bahamas, and they saw the logo, and they said, Hey, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I bet on those guys all the time. I said, well, let me get out of this conversation. <laughs> so that's why we got, we, got, we got fans in the Bahamas, locals. Love it. That's awesome, Corey. Appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the uh, coaching staff. And I know uh, more news coming with the CFL free agency about a month away. Hey, I really appreciate your time, Jamie. Thank you. That is Corey Mace, head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here on uh, the Green Zone on this Monday afternoon. We'll bring you up to date on the Bills and the Steelers, of course, Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, You're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump. Today's chump may be the easiest chump of all time. And I know we'll chump it again. The chump today here on the Green Zone, it's the weather. You are the chump. We don't like you. We want you to go away. You. We want you to leave us alone. Minus 50 wind chill? What is even happening right now? And as always, everything breaks in the winter. And that's why I chump the weather, because our champs are all those people who, because everything breaks in the winter, are out there in these temperatures. Whether it's power lines down, you got linemen for SAS power, people with SASC energy, with gas leaks happening around the province. Uh, 
tow truck drivers with the boosts and the all-night calls over and over and over and over. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the gentleman who came fixed the furnace at 1 in the morning at my house on the weekend because the temperature was dropping to 10 degrees in my son's room. Uh, all these people, they're working hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Uh, the one person was telling me about his colleague had like an hour sleep over a few days. You're all champs helping us out, fixing stuff for us with these temperatures, working extra hours and overtime. You are appreciated. You are the champs. And hopefully the chump gets out of here as soon as possible and we can the spring here yet. I've had enough of winter after a week and a half.